so we're gonna I'm gonna be ministering a pretty simple word but the Lord showed me some really powerful principles in this it's a very common story what I mean by that is it's one that's probably been ministered you've heard at least you know a few times but I really believe the Lord wants to show us something from this I think oftentimes we overcomplicate things. You know, Paul spoke about how he, 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 he wanted us to put our faith not in the wisdom of man, but in the power of God. And he spoke about how he wanted us to understand that it was Christ and Him crucified. That's the, that's the most powerful message that there is. And the reason why is because from that message, if we understand that Jesus died and rose again and He is the Son of God, if we really understand that, everything we need comes from that. Are you with me? But we need to increase in our knowledge. Knowledge is important, not because we want to be puffed up, but because knowledge with the help of the Holy Spirit will give us insight. It will cause our eyes to go open and our understanding to be enlightened. How many of you want to have understanding? Amen. I shared on Wednesday night, and I've said it a lot, that Paul was very insistent when he prayed for the churches. One of the things he would overemphasize was a desire for them to come or to to increase in the knowledge of God. He wanted them to know God more because he understood, he knew that if they could if they could begin to comprehend the width, the breadth, the height, the length of who God really is, that we would become a very powerful people if we could begin to comprehend just how awesome our God truly is. And He is truly awesome, let me tell you. Amen. Amen. I see you. And it's good to see you guys. Welcome. Welcome. All right. Let's go to Mark 9, verse 17. Mark 9, verse 17. I'm going to read the whole story, and then we're going to break it down. Mark 9, 17. My message is entitled, The Path to Freedom. The Path to Freedom. Amen. Mark 9, 17. Then one of the crowd answered and said, Teacher, I brought you my son, who has a mute spirit. And wherever it sees him, it throws him down. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. So I spoke to your disciples that they should cast it out, but they could not. And he answered him and said, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me. How many of you think Jesus was a little bit frustrated? Okay. Then they brought him to him, and he answered him, and he And when he saw him, immediately the spirit convulsed him, and he fell on the ground and wallowed, foaming at the mouth. So he asked his father, how long has this been happening to him? And he said, from childhood. And as often, and often he has thrown, I'm sorry, and often he has thrown him both into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus said to him, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Immediately the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. 
And when Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying, To a deaf and dumb spirit, I command you, come out of him and enter him no more. Then the spirit cried out, convulsed him greatly, and came out of him, and he became as one dead, so that many said, He is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up, and he arose. Amen. Isn't that beautiful? Amen. Many times in our walk with God, we will struggle to overcome certain things, to get deliverance or breakthrough in an area. And I really believe that God has such a desire for each and every one of us to walk in spiritual victory. On Wednesday night, I said this, you know, and I overemphasized this, whom the Son sets free is free indeed. In the, in the Amplified, it says, is unquestionably free. If that's what the Bible says, then if that's true, then we should all be free. Unfortunately, our mind gets in the way. And God has an incredible way if we can connect to Him, and I shared this on Wednesday, if we can connect to Him and really surrender ourselves to Him and fully come to Him, he has this incredible way of setting us free so powerfully from things that have sometimes held us back for years and years and years. God wants you to be free. How many of you believe that? I believe He wants each and every one of us to be free. In this story, there are some keys to experiencing that freedom. There are some things we need to know about strongholds, about sin, about different things that the enemy will try and bring in our lives and hold us bound in. If we can walk in just the principles from the story, I believe that each and every one of us can have a stronger revelation of how to get free when something tries to crop up in our lives. Is that okay? You see, many times when we struggle with something, we try to deal with that thing. And oftentimes, the thing we're dealing with is not the problem. It's the response or the fruit of the problem. So many times we have to look a little bit deeper to find the problem, what the problem is and why we actually have this problem. And we'll get into that this evening. So let me just, let me just dive in. Is that okay? The first thing you have to do when you struggle, when you have a problem, is you must identify what the problem is. You must identify what is my problem. If we look at the, the story in verse 17, it says, in verse 17, so I'm going to ask you guys in the back, you're going to have to just kind of stay with me. Amen. I want to put it on the screen so you can see it, so I'll give him a minute. There we go. Thank you so much. Identify what the problem is. Now, have a look in the story. Then one of the crowd answered and said, Teacher, I brought you my son who has a mute spirit. What's the problem? See it? And wherever, wherever it sees him, it throws him down. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. I want you to understand that Jesus teaches us exactly how to deal with the enemy. Jesus teaches us exactly how to deal with our issues in Scripture. We just don't read it carefully enough to actually see what he's trying to say. So the first thing we see in the story is we need to identify what the problem is. In this story, we can see that the problem here, he has a mute spirit. And that this mute spirit causes him to have seizures. He has seizures and he foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth. He falls down and becomes rigid. It's a big problem. 
They've identified that there is an issue that needs to be dealt with. In your life, what is it that causes you to be held back? What is it that causes you to not get breakthrough? What is it that holds you back from walking and fulfilling the fullness of what God has for you? Can you identify the problem? The first thing is you must identify exactly what area it is. Is it an addiction? Is it negativity? Is it depression? What is the issue? Amen. The second thing we must do is we must make a decision that whatever that situation, whatever that problem, whatever that issue is, we must give it to Jesus. Whom the Son sets free is free indeed. The only one who can set you free is Jesus. I can assure you, we don't know the whole story, but this guy probably took his son to many to get sorted out, to try and get breakthrough or healing or deliverance. But up until this point, there was no freedom for this child. Are you with me? So they had to make a decision to bring the, the problem, to bring the issue to Jesus. That's the second thing. Are you guys okay? Come on, you can't be that tired. It wasn't that long the week. Seriously. Amen. Bring the issue to Jesus. Look at verse 19. He answered and said to him, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Watch. Bring him to me. So when you have an issue, when you have a problem, when you have a, a, an addiction, when you have a, an, a, a situation, instead of looking for all the solutions in the world, bring it to Him. Can you say amen? Whatever it is, take it to Him. Take it to Him. Because the only one that can truly bring you freedom, the only one that can truly give you breakthrough is Jesus Himself. One little simple story. The third issue, the third point, I think is so powerful and so important because this comes back to what I was speaking about early on. Where does the problem come from? You have to identify where the issue comes from. And Jesus teaches us that this is a principle that we must identify when we have a struggle. Watch this. Verse 21. So he asked his father, Jesus asked his father, how long has this been happening to him? Jesus wanted to know where did it begin? Where did it start? You see, there's always a root issue to a problem that's been going on in your life for a very long time. And before you can truly identify it, you can do lots of the steps, but this is one of the most important steps to you walking in freedom from whatever it is that's been holding you back. Where, does it, where did it originate from? Where did it come from? I always say that when you see a tree, let's say I'm, the tree represents a person. The person has fruit. If one of the struggles in your life is depression, depression is a form of fruit, but not the problem. The problem is what causes the depression, and how do we find that? By going to the root. So it's the root, whatever it is that, that originated, that allowed that depression to come in, and please, I'm not picking on depression because there's many different things. This is just an example. Is that okay? I could say something that would upset you all, but I'm just not going to do it. I just don't feel like the backlash today. Is that okay? <laughs> I've been dealing with spirits the whole day, these horrible little demons. That Anyway, okay, I'm going to go talk to them because they look nicer than you guys. <clears throat> So 
So you must identify the, the root, the, the issue. You, you must understand that Jesus wanted to identify the problem even when he went to the Gadarenes as well. He went there and said, who, you know, who, what is your name? Who are you? He wanted to identify what's the problem. Where did this begin? How did this all start? So finding out what the root is, what the issue is, how it begins is extremely important for you to be able to walk in your freedom. Sometimes, though, we don't want to deal with that because that's where, the, that's where it hurts the most. But you must understand that's exactly the place where the enemy is trying to hold you bound. You're trying to deal with the branches of the tree, but how many of you know when you cut the branch, it grows back? So we'd rather deal with the root and make sure that the whole tree gets healed. Is that okay? All right, so, so in the story, in this simple little story, we see... Already three major steps. Let's take a look at the next one. Once we've identified the issue, what do we do then? Now, it's time to deal with the issue. Once we've identified the issue, we have to deal with the issue. But before we can deal with the issue, we have to believe. Before you can deal with the issue, you have to believe. Watch this. So Jesus, in verse 23, said to him, verse 23, Jesus said to him, If you can believe all things are possible to him who believes, immediately the, the, the father of the child cried out and said with tears, watch, Lord, I believe. And then he says this, help my unbelief. So he was desperate. I want to tell you that if you truly want freedom for whatever holdings you back, you must become desperate. You must get into a posture where you get desperate, but you have to have faith. You have to believe. You see, it's one thing to go to Jesus, but you must also believe that Jesus can set you free from this. You must believe that the problem that you have, that you've been struggling with for such a long time, that the one who can set you free is Jesus. And you must believe that it is available to you. You see, oftentimes that's the problem. We think, well, you know, God's done it for that person and He's done it for that person, but why would He do it for me? I'm too bad. You're right. You are too bad. That's why Jesus died on the cross for you. That's exactly why He did that, because He knew you would be bad. Amen? That doesn't give you a license to be bad. I always have to bring the balance because some of you are like, yeah, Pastor Alex, now I can go and smoke weed and I'll be fine. No, don't be stupid. <laughs> oh, I'm going to upset you now. Well, you know, it's for my medication. Yeah, whatever. You're getting high, you liar, you. And I know I'm going to get an email and that's okay. That's fun. Because I counsel people who have done this, you see. Well, you know, that medication, what that did to me, Pastor Alex, it actually made me high. Exactly. And that little demon's going, I got him. Well, I didn't know there was anything wrong with that. There's something wrong with it. Okay. An addiction that can, can cause your brain to, to get damaged is not a good thing. Is that okay? Now, I'm not going to get into medical stuff. We're not going to talk about that. All right? 
I want you to understand though, this is the key. Identify the problem. Admit the problem. Go and find out why you're, on the situ- why you're in that situation. Deal with the situation. Finally take the situation to Jesus. Believe that He can actually heal you. And guess what? Your breakthrough is coming. Your breakthrough is coming. Amen. There is such a divide coming. There is such a divide coming between the true and the false church. And simply this, the true, the true and the false church, the divide's going to be one simple thing. The true church will believe the truth. I know it sounds so simple, and that's exactly how simple it is. The true church will believe what's true. And the false church will not believe what's true. They will become like the world. They will have a form of godliness but deny everything. So you have to stay with what's true in order to walk in victory. His mercy endures forever. God is good. His mercy endures forever. And His truth is everlasting. It cannot change because, you know, we live in a different time. You know, they've legalized everything. You can be a boy when you're a girl and a this when you're a that. And if you want to be an animal tomorrow, that's going to be fine too. Seriously, guys. If something harms you, don't do it. If something affects your marriage, don't do it. Well, you know, oh. Well, you know, porn's okay if I watch it with my wife. I don't know where that came from. Lord, why are you doing this to me? Yeah, you clap, but just don't look next to you because it's not a good idea right now, okay? What is harmful is harmful. And there is no way to, to try and make it okay. It's either, it's either God or it isn't. Somebody said something so powerful to me this week. We, 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 good is not God. Good is, a, is, is adding an O to God. We don't want another O. Amen. God is good enough for me. He is my healer. He is my deliverer. He is my strong tower. He is my shield. He is the captain of my heart. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Jesus is my Messiah and there is none besides Him. His truth endures forever. And I will hold on to that all the days of my life. Can you say amen? Amen. I actually think I'm being very nice. (laughs) We have to have faith, was point number four, that He is able. And then number five is so important because this is what happens. We, sometimes we believe it, but then we don't want to follow through with dealing with it. You see, once we've identified the, 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 once we've identified the problem, once we believe that God is able, it must be dealt with. In the story in verse 25, when Jesus saw the people came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to a deaf and dumb spirit, I command you, come out of him and enter him no more. Then the spirit cried out, convulsed him greatly, and look, it came out of him. And he became as one dead, so that many said he is dead. Listen, this is the most beautiful thing. 
I have seen this many times. When a spirit leaves someone that's been in bondage, it literally looks like they're dead. I've seen it many times. But when they wake up, brothers and sisters, they are not the same anymore. You see, that's the thing. Once you've identified the issue, it doesn't have to be a, a, a demonic deliverance like this. It's, this can be a smaller thing in your life that you know you need to deal with. But you have to bring it to the foot of the cross. Because everything that we do not submit to God is a problem in our lives. And has the potential to bring damage to our marriage, to our children, to our, the way we raise our families, to our businesses, everything. Amen. Hallelujah. So we must deal with it. Are you with me? We must command it to go. And when we do that, when we bring it to Jesus, once we've identified all these things that I've spoken about, He will take care of it for you. You see, you must understand, this is His Word. Did you ever think you would get a whole deliverance teaching from that passage on every key that is necessary? Are you with me? But it mustn't end there. You see, once you've dealt with it, this is where it becomes essential that you concentrate. Because this is, I think, where so many of us lose the most important part. And this is kind of what I shared on Wednesday for those of you that were there. If you weren't there, it will be available soon. Amen. Erase it. Get rid of it. And point number six is replace it. Replace it. Replace it with Him. Replace it with His love. Replace it, guys, with His presence. In verse 27, it says, After the deliverance had taken place, the child was lying as though he was dead. And Jesus took him by the hand, verse 27, and lifted him up. And he arose. Jesus took him. The one who was right there after the deliverance, after the thing that you've dealt with, the one that you need will be right there with you. And all you have to do is go to him. I truly believe with all of my heart, like undeniably, unquestionably, that the biggest seed to true the biggest key to true deliverance is true worship because once you take your entire being that's why the bible says love the lord with all your heart with all your soul and all your strength because if you decide to take all of who you are and begin to worship if you bring everything to him man the devil can do nothing he becomes totally paralyzed by your worship so we can do all of the stuff, but at the end of the day, you must come to the Lord and you must fill whatever it is that, because oftentimes when people do find deliverance, there's actually a void in them because they're so used to that issue. They, so they want to go back to it afterwards. How many of you have ever had a breakthrough and it's okay for a little while and then you have this urge to go back to it? I'm here to tell you the reason why you've gone back is because you haven't replaced it. Well, I need to say that again to the youth because that's like, I think they're going to get really excited. Thank you for that one person. You did a great job. 
Are you with me, guys? Once you get a breakthrough, so many people come to me and say, Pastor Alex, you know, I have victory for a little while and, you know, and then I go back to it. Well, the reason why we go back to it is because we haven't replaced it. If you want to, if you want to have total breakthrough, you must replace that, that, that stronghold. You must replace that, that thing. Are you with me? That's the key. Watch this. Let's go to Matthew 12, verse 43. Matthew 12, verse 43. Now, I know I'm speaking to you, and I'm giving you an example, literally from a demonic spirit point of view, but understand that that goes for any issue, because you must remember the battle's not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. And yes, some issues are your flesh, no question about it. We blame the devil for them, but they're actually just us. So that does exist. But oftentimes, the enemy will use your weaknesses against you. Is that okay? Now watch this. Matthew 12, 43, when an unclean spirit goes out of a man, he goes through dry places seeking rest and finds none. Then he says, I will return to my house from which I came. And when he comes, he finds it empty. Everybody say empty. There's the problem. There's the problem. You see, if he came back and the house was occupied, everybody say occupied. He would have no access. But because he comes back and the house is empty, take a look at what happens. The Bible says this. The Bible says that he says, I will return to my house from which I came. And when he comes, he finds it empty, swept and put in order. So everything may look okay. You might not even have a problem that would cause you to have to want to go back to whatever it is that you've been dealing with. But because you've left it empty, it says in verse 45, then he goes and takes with him seven other spirits more wicked than himself. And they enter and dwell there, and the last state of the man is worse than the first. And so shall it also be with this wicked generation. Why? We're so glad you're asking so many questions. The reason why, guys, is because they've forgotten the most important thing. You have to fill the house. You have to replace what was removed. I've tried to teach my team, when you do deliverance, or when someone has a stronghold in their life, that doesn't mean that the enemy owns them. But it's kind of like you have a house, and you've rented that room out to someone in your home. When they have rented the room, how many of you know they do not own the house? But they have access. And they have a right to it because they've got legal ground. They've paid you rent for it. They've got legal access to that room. The problem is that oftentimes visitors, that, that why don't they stay in their room? They go downstairs into the kitchen. They wander around the house. They start to affect everything in your home. Are you with me? So you have to get rid of them. Okay, please don't do that to your neighbor or your cousin, whoever it was that was staying with you. But do you understand what I'm saying? You have to get rid of that thing. And the only way it cannot come back, when they come back and say, hey, will you let me come and stay again? Do you have anyone in your room? How can you guarantee that they can't come back to the room? If it's occupied. The room must be occupied. And the way that you change everything in your life is by coming to Him. 
is by worshiping Him. The quickest way to break through is worship. I always say King David had the keys and understood keys and principles. We talk about keys of the kingdom. There is a key of David as well. And I believe that, there's, that worship has a lot to do with that. Is that okay? And I, I shared this again on Wednesday, but for the sake of the story, and those of you that weren't there, there were like four of you that didn't come, I want you to know that David was able to do something outside of his time. He was able to do, to, to experience what, what worship can do when a spirit that shouldn't really be there is there. The Bible says that there was a distressing spirit on Saul. And when David would play his harp and worship the Lord, that that spirit would leave Saul. Because you see, something greater, something more powerful, a presence of something greater came. Are you with me? That's why Jesus said that, you know, a kingdom divided against itself cannot, cannot stand. That's why when they accused him of casting a demon out by Beelzebub, he said, that's impossible. Because it will, it will not last, but one greater will come and get rid of it. Are you with me? That's what you have to fill your lives with. You have to fill your lives with Jesus. You have to fill your lives with the Word. You have to fill your lives with worship. You have to fill your lives with, with, his, with his truth. His truth is everlasting. His truth is the same yesterday, today, and forever. This is what I've decided. His truth is my truth. His ways, I want them to be my ways. Are you with me? That's how we should live our lives. We should do our best. Listen, I've ma I make mistakes. We all make mistakes. And, and when I don't do it the way that I'm supposed to, I want to kick myself. Because I'm like, man, Lord, I know that I should do this right. And I choose not to or whatever. And I always pay the consequences for it. Are you with me, guys? I want to encourage you this evening because I don't know why God is sort of camping me in this area. You know, I want to say something. Gifts are not enough. Spiritual gifts are not enough for the time that we live in. We need the presence of God. An anointed man is just not going to cut it. But when his presence comes, it's like people just melt in his presence. Hearts are broken in his presence. Atmospheres change in his presence. And when his presence is present, the devil knows that anything can happen. I desire with all my heart to live in His presence. The Bible says, Who may ascend the hill of the Lord? He who has clean hands and a pure heart. Does that mean that you have to be perfect? No. You can't be. I'm almost there, but you can't be, okay? <laughs> None of us are perfect. None of us can be perfect. But you see, someone that has a pure heart is not perfect. They are totally dependent. Totally dependent on God. Totally dependent on Him to save them. 
totally dependent on Him to keep them going. Totally dependent on them to not make bad mistakes. Totally dependent on Him for provision. Totally dependent on Him for everything we have. That's someone that has a pure heart. I said on Wednesday night that don't confuse humility and pride. I mean, boldness and pride. You must be bold. You must have confidence. Humility is not not a mouse. I mean, yes, no, boldness is not a mouse. Sorry, I'm getting confused yet. This is ridiculous. Okay. I think you know what I mean. You know? What I'm trying to say is it's so important for us to not lose our identity in our pursuit to walk with God. Because God called you to be a mighty warrior. You know, he says to Joshua and Caleb, he says, only be strong and courageous. He doesn't say to them, listen, I want you to just, you know, just, you know, just sort of hide and, you know, and just wait for a sound. Or he, he, he wanted them to be bold. He wanted them to be courageous. And so must you be. And so must you be over the issues and the struggles that you have. You must be bold and courageous. You must stop going to God and saying, oh God, I can't, oh, I can't do it. I, you must take those steps that I gave you. Identify the issue. Deal with the issue. Make sure you go to Jesus and, and, and confess, Lord, you're the only one who can do this. And then take authority over this thing and deal with it in the name of Jesus. And then once you feel you've had the breakthrough, go straight to Him and allow Him to walk you through it and allow Him to fill your life and allow Him to replace whatever it was with His presence and with His truth. And I can assure you, you will walk in great victory and you will walk in great freedom. Come on, somebody, give the Lord a shout. Amen.